George is new here. That was not... I do respect the effort. I do respect the effort. Complain all the time that this is not as cool as European soccer. That was uh, Georgia fans on a flight back to Atlanta. This is interesting to see a daily sports podcast. News narratives takes gambling. And um, <laughs> that was not... I love the effort of being into that. Um, I don't know if they taught Ryman in school in Georgia. They might have taught Ryman. I don't know. That's being mean. Plenty of super intelligent people in Georgia. Um, obviously, they know a lot about football. That's also where Emory uh, University or Emory College is. It's a good school. Georgia Tech's a good school. Georgia's one of the better state schools in America. Yeah, that's me being mean. Barstool Sports with the tweet nailed it. POV. That means point of view for you olds out there. You're hungover on a plane. You're hungover as fuck on a plane from LA to Atlanta for work. Georgia fans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you're going from LA to Atlanta for work. It's a tough scene. It's quite the flight to have to do consistently. I do not envy you at all. Okay, controversial Wednesday was kind of a dud. Um, the only thing that we had was a WWE thing, which reports came out later that that wasn't quite true, but it might be true later. So this all this means is that like Vince wants more money from the Saudis. They're playing us um, because people are mad. When Stephanie McMahon resigned as CEO, we were like, oh, well, they're selling the company? Or maybe she resigned in shame, and she's like, I don't like this. I don't know. That's not a sport. We're going to look into it. We're going to figure some things out. Uh, some news happening yesterday. So the All-Pro ballots came out. Uh, looking around at snubs, Micah Parsons was snubbed. The NFL Players Association wanted the players to vote. The problem is that the players are so busy playing and trying to win that they're not paying attention to who's good. I think a council of players per team. I mean, if you want to do All-Pro, which is the best player at each position, one guy, unless the player, unless that position has two positions on the field, in which case there are two guys. Like the All-Pro quarterback this year is Patrick Mahomes. No critique. He was consistently better than Josh Allen, and they are in a league of their own. Joe Burrow came on late, but like, again, league of their own. Those two guys. Fair enough. However, there were other guys that were snubbed, and then there were guys that just were given the All-Pro nod because they're famous, and the dude's like, yeah, that guy's the GOAT. For example, Aaron Donald only played half the season, but he's been named All-Pro. So the players aren't taking it that seriously, which is, um, or maybe they are taking it seriously, or maybe they're just not paying attention, or maybe we're just wrong. And like Eric Donald sitting on his ass deserves all pro, all pro honors. I don't know. I thought that Quinnen Williams and um, was borderline defensive player of the year, but again, what the hell do I know? Uh, Micah Parsons, the defensive end from the Dallas Cowboys, was potentially snubbed. It's good that Miles Garrett gets acknowledged. He's the defensive end for Cleveland. They suck. That's not his fault. He's super elite, but again. Players got a lot going on. They got to vote for this thing. And then people get mad and there are like incentives and shit and contracts. Like it matters kind of quite a bit. Um, so I think they're like maybe one player per team votes. And then you also do media so that the media is just not like hijacking things. The Philadelphia Eagles, for example, had two all pro players, a center and a right tackle. That center is Jason Kelsey. The right tackle is Lane Johnson. Um, as a Detroit Lions fan, those are the two best positions for the Lions. I have no real critique of that, but again, some people were like, I don't know, I thought that these guys outplayed them. So it shouldn't be so hard to knock someone out of an All-Pro when they're that good. I don't know. Regardless, that happened and people are kind of mad about it, but the players can't be mad, super mad that openly because it's not like they can critique the media for being like unaware of football. Those are your fucking peers, dude. And they thought that Aaron Donald watching TV and rehabbing was better than Quinn and Williams. You know, so... 
it is what it is. Okay, some other things going on. Um, the Offensive Player of the Year uh, will be Justin Jefferson. That'll All of this will be announced before the Super Bowl. For example, here's Monday Morning Quarterback, which is Sports Illustrated, uh, their NFL column. Defensive Player of the Year, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, perhaps. Uh, Coach of the Year will be Nick Sirianni. The Defensive Rookie of the Year is going to be Sauce Gardner. That award is so aggressively, I mean, it's, it's so over, and it's been so over for so long. It's been a month, and you haven't been able to bet on Defensive Rookie of the Year at any sports book um, for at least a week, in, in most cases a month, because he's just, he's just going to win. The Offensive Rookie of the Year is a little bit more up in the air. There are some receivers. I think Brock Purdy has a push. Votes are for this, I believe, are in. So who knows? The NFL also announced uh, the Pro Bowl skills competition. They finally came to their senses and, like, playing a game is stupid, but why don't we have these freak athletes uh, do some cool stuff and hang out with each other and have fun? Like, hey, who's to think? The Pro Bowl is really enjoyable. Nobody fucking watches it because it's not interesting football. It's sort of like football without pads is like poker without money. Like, there's just no risk. There's no, there's no reason not to. My friends and I used to play yellow car and slug bug. And the way to make people do that is to hit the shit out of them. And then they have to play. When football, if you're not hitting, then you're just like, ah, whatever. And then it takes one guy to just like completely annihilate someone, which has happened before in the Pro Bowl and no one cares. So they're going to do a skills competition. Um, Epic Pro Bowl dodgeball, a multi-round tournament of classic dodgeball. Lightning round. uh, New this year, each conference will select 16 players to compete in a three-part elimination challenge. That will leave one player left at the end to earn three points for his conference. Uh, longest drive. Four players from each conference will compete in a challenge to drive a golf ball the furthest distance off a tee. Precision. That'll be cool. I bet the, there are some offensive linemen that can send send golf balls into orbit. And I bet there's like a quarterback and a kicker who win, though. <laughs> it's all about being limber. Uh, precision passing presented by EA Sports. Madden NFL 23 Mobile. Wow, they're going to ruin mobile games too. Best catch presented by Uber Eats. Uh, that's probably the best catch if I had to guess correctly. Um, the Gridiron Gauntlet. Kick tack toe. That's fun. That's fun. So you got to like snap it and kick it. Like that's way more fun to see how how sick they are. Like when you when you go to like a hockey game, the warm ups are the are are the time to see when they're the most skilled. Same with basketball. You watch them warm up, and you're like, wow, these guys are amazing. So. Good for the NFL for, for instituting that. Some other things I wanted to touch on for broader NFL news. Um, there are overtime rules that are new this year that will kick in for the playoffs specifically. So the overtime rules in the regular season had for a long time been first team to score wins. And then they changed it to in the playoffs, uh, the, the first team scores a field goal then the other team gets an opportunity to answer. But if the first team scores a touchdown, then the game is over. The famous Tim Tebow walk-off touchdown. And then those rules were for regular season and playoffs. Now, there are new rules where there is no, there is not going to be a, a walk-off touchdown. So this has obviously screwed a bunch of people. The Steelers with the Broncos was like the first time it ever happened on the first play of the game, which was amazing. Sorry, i got to fix my eyes. Um, it was amazing. Yeah, you can watch this on YouTube if you want to. This is from Pro Football Talk. I should bring up more stuff on the television so that it's interesting for people to watch and also interesting for them to see, I guess. Yeah, so they did that um, very famously. There have been three instances where it's like, what the fuck? Uh, for the first one, of course, was in the Super Bowl where the best player on the, the whole field, no disrespect to Tom Brady, Julio Jones, that was his moment. He had a sick catch. They're expo- the, the Falcons and Patriots are going to go to overtime for the first time. The Patriots win the coin toss. They've been making the comeback 28-3. to They go down and score. That's bullshit, period. Sorry. And then the next year, 
They win the coin toss against the Chiefs. It was the next year, a couple years later, they win the coin toss against the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. He's the best player in football. The Patriots go down and score. And then a couple years later, so the Chiefs got screwed. And then a couple years later last year, in the greatest game that anyone's ever seen, I, I think most people would say is the best football game they've ever seen, uh, Chiefs-Bills. The Chiefs win the toss. They go down and score. Josh Allen never gets the ball. He was maybe the best player in football last year. Maybe. So this is good. So the way it'll work like this. So you can see on your screen right there. Thanks, Floria. Wait, should I zoom in just for you folks watching? Can you read that better? Now, if a team scores a touchdown on the first possession of overtime, it will line up to kick an extra point or attempt a two-point conversion. Then that team will kick off, and the other team will get a chance to score a touchdown. If that team does score a touchdown, it will line up for an extra point or two-point conversion of its own. It's possible the game could end at that point. So, like, if you go for two, right? But if the score remains tied after both teams' touchdowns, at that point, the team that scored the second touchdown would kick off again. From there, it would be sudden death overtime. Fair enough. Score or stop or score and be stopped. Whatever. So that's happening in the playoffs, and that's positive. Um, I said we're going to do some NBA stuff, and I meant it. Let's take a look at some standings real quick to update the people that if you don't know what's going on, just some high-level stuff. The same teams that you thought would be good in the East are good. The Bulls and Pistons, uh, a lot of people thought that they would take a step forward. The Pistons have not. The Bulls have. The Hornets are, are hard tanking. The Pistons' best player got hurt. They're hard tanking. Other shitty teams in the NBA include the Rockets, Spurs, and Thunder. There is a freakazoid prospect in both the NBA and NHL this year. A freakazoid. The NHL guy is really short, but he's like a he he he's like Patrick Kane plus Sidney Crosby, if you're a hockey person. And in the NBA, this is like I don't even know. Let's go with Akeem Elijahwan. No. Let's go with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar plus like just a splash of Luka. This guy from France. I actually don't know his name. We have plenty of time. He's from France. And then the Canadian kid, uh, Connor Bedard. There's too many Connors in, in Canada. We've got to figure that out. Uh, yeah, so that's what's going on uh, standing-wise in the NBA at the bottom. At the top, the Celtics are good. You know, the Sixers are good, the Nets are good, the Bucks are good. The Cavs are back. They have Donovan Mitchell, that old, that guy from from Utah that got mad that Ben Simmons won the uh, Rookie of the Year. See, Rookie of the Year is not an award. People really want Rookie of the Year. If your team's really fighting about Rookie of the Year, like, hey, we should get Rookie of the Year, that just means you have nothing to cheer for. Like, I see that right now as a Detroit fan. They want the, they wanted a Tigers guy to get Rookie of the Year, and then they were really mad and wanted a Pistons guy to get Rookie of the Year, Kate Cunningham, and now they're like, how is Aiden Hutchinson not have a chance for Rookie of the Year? Like, who gives a shit, dude? It's Rookie of the Year. It, I don't give a shit. Stop it. Who cares? So Donovan Mitchell got mad at Ben Simmons for winning Rookie of the Year, and then Dictionary.com famously, like, dunked on him. But now, how's it look now, Donovan? Who cares? Rookie of the Year is stupid. Uh, Western Conference, the Nuggets and the Grizzlies are good. Everyone knew the Grizzlies would be good. Remember how I was, I, I've been preaching forever and ever and ever. There are like somewhere between five to ten guys, and you have to have at least one of them to win a championship or make a run. Who those guys are is changing. The like LeBron is old now. Katie's kind of getting old. Still very good. Kyrie's oldish and kind of weird. They're getting older. We can now add a couple new guys to that. I don't know about uh, Nikola Jokic, the the big. Back-to-back MVP for the Nuggets, but John Morant is a guy that can. He's a championship guy, and so is Luka Doncic. Those those are guys now that that counts for sure. The Suns are disappointing. The Warriors are disappointing, but the Warriors are like we don't really give a shit. We just have to get in. So that's what's going on in the association. We got plenty of time to catch up on on hockey as well. Um, there's new rumors and some 
tea being spilled to me like Taylor, Taylor Swifty about exactly what a piece of shit Sam Bagman Freed is, and it is engulfing Tom Brady, Giselle Budgen, and Robert Kraft. Um, we'll get into that controversial Wednesday, but it looks like uh, they were not in on the joke and that he took all their money. I'll be honest with you. Sam Bakeman Freed, he should go to jail. <laughs> and I'm not saying that as in like he should be, he should face discipline for his actions. I'm saying that he, it feels like he'll be safer in jail. The people he stole money from seem very rich and famous and powerful. I think that they would, maybe they would want to kill him. I don't know. Uh, the city of Chicago is in a fight with the city or suburb of Arlington Heights for a new stadium. So I pulled this video here, and I don't know exactly what the word is. There may be movement on this. So this is a video released by Landmark Development, and this they are offering a renovation on Soldier Field that would include a roof. Um, because the Bears have been looking for a new stadium. The new stadium would, of course, be out of town in Arlington Heights. And this is tough for me for a couple reasons. Soldier Field is one of the stadiums in America that is located in just one of the sickest parts of the city. A lot of stadiums are not in a great part of the city. Like, for example, the Detroit Lions have stadiums downtown because the city was, like, dying in 2005. Chicago is a great city. It is enormous. And for Soldier Field to be right there, you can do so many cool things with that. It's not just about the Bears, but with the Bears, it's also that way. I, I like that it's in the city. That's just my opinion. But they want to move to Arlington Heights, and for the Bears fans, you drive out there. Like I don't know, I, I, I don't know what they're weighing. I do know that for a city like Chicago that has so much cold and wind and garbage, that and like this is like look the adjacent surrounding area, the facilities. Look at all like this. This video is really cool. They're they're showing all the rendition videos are some of my favorite shit. Now that I think about it, rendition videos are pretty cool. So look at this. It's like a lounge and there's a field. If you're in Minneapolis or Detroit. And I would say Buffalo is like this too. And Chicago, having a retractable roof or having a dome is super important because it's not just about football. It's about concerts and stuff. And that kind of shit is so important to owners because that's how you pay for football players. The way that the escrow deal works in the NFL, you have to have cash on hand at the time of a contract. So you can't sign someone to a $150 million deal unless you have a certain percentage set aside that exists in cash that's liquid. You can't just be a billionaire. And for some owners, I'm looking at you, Cincinnati, I'm looking at you, Chicago. Those owners, all they own is football. They just don't, they're not printing money the way that, like, say, the Ford family is or the, the Walton family is. They just got cash everywhere. So they can do that. In order to get cash everywhere, this is the kind of shit you got to build. And I can just tell you, I can confirm that doing it in downtown Chicago is going to make you a ton more money than in Arlington, unless the city of Arlington pays for it. Arlington Heights, whatever. There's an Arlington in every... Every state, just like there's a Jackson and there's an Oxford in like five states. Yeah. We'll save that for controversial Wednesday. A Rams offensive lineman talking shit on his teammates about who should start. That's good stuff. Um, the Jets fired their offensive coordinator, got a scapegoat. Somebody for, for Zach Wilson. I heard a take uh, from my friend that Zach Wilson is just Mormon Johnny Manziel. And that is just a drive to deep center. I mean, that, that is just a fact. Um We'll get out of here with this. Again, Controversial Wednesday was a dud. All of this stuff happened yesterday I was really excited about, um, and so we're going to do it today. The NCAA is discussing limiting the transfer portal and the transfer window. They want to really cut down on multiple transfers. So, like, for example, JT Daniels and Keaton Slovis come to mind. I don't know where they started, 
But I know that they went from like USC to Pitt and USC to Georgia, and now the Slovis kid is somewhere else. They're just transferring all over the place. The transfer window to me, the reason that I hated a lot, or the transfer portal, is that it allows guys who are like 23, 24, 25 to just stay in college football. And now with Stetson Bennett and Hendon Hooker, I'm like, yeah, of course they're great quarterbacks. I mean, in addition to being athletic and talented, they just like, they're not freaked out by college defenses anymore. They're like a thousand years old. Also, it really fucks up like education and lifestyle to just be on the road all the time. Like you were in Oklahoma and now you're going to another place and that makes them the professional athletes, which perhaps they should be compensated like that and blah, 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 blah. Everybody understands, you know, paying players, maybe not paying players, whatever. But like at a certain point, you do need to go to school. You need to have an apartment. Like you need to have friends. It's going to mess up their mental health. In addition to like nobody's getting developed. There were NFL uh, former NFL scouts that are like, yeah, players with multiple transfers are like getting, it's starting to be a red flag. We're starting to see them drafted and then get to the NFL and not be good or ready to go or not accept coaching. And like, you can't just like transfer your way out of stuff. But if you're a player, you're like, hey, Sam Hartman, the Wake Forest quarterback. I don't know how much Notre Dame gave him, but I know it was probably seven digits. You know, and Sam Hartman's not going to make seven digits in the NFL. I mean, he could, I guess. Maybe he's a backup for 15 years. Who knows? But like, he's not like right now and you get to go to Notre Dame. But it's not going to be good for him to have one good year awake and then transfer to Bama where he's a backup because he can't beat out their freakazoid quarterback and then transfer to Notre Dame where he hasn't played for a year and now he's in an open competition. That's the kind of stuff the NCAA is taking a look at. What is funny, though, <laughs> the way that they're going to do this... Uh, <laughs> academic reasons... Here, I'll pull it up on Twitter. This is from College Football Reddit. Academic reasons are no longer a valid reason to transfer and play immediately. So they're not, you can transfer, you just can't play immediately. So they're saying you can't transfer for academics. <laughs> yeah, why would they go to school? Fuck it. Who cares? Oh, man. Back and better than ever. Tomorrow we'll do some divisional or wait, wild card weekend preview stuff. There's Monday Night Football, last Monday Night Football game of the year on Wild Card Weekend. NFL odds. There's early, way too early first overall draft pick odds. I like a long shot to go first overall. I think the Bears are too incompetent to make a good trade happen. All right. See you then.